And now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Hello and welcome to a very tightly packed but nicely packaged shout out. I'm Steffi Barnett, he's Andy Shilton on this week's show. Broadcaster Kaylee Golding at Pride in Education. Matthew talks with Amy Ashenden from JLU. And Saski chats to the amazing Cheddar Gorgeous. Uh, plus news, views and if you're lucky, a couple of tracks. All right here in the next hour. <laughs> Hello, bit thin Hello. on the ground tonight. Hello, Andy. Evening. Hi, Steph. Hello. How are yeah. we all? All good okay. Here. Yeah. yeah. This is where you say, and on with the show. Uh, well, I was going to say, uh, literally, we are so packed in this show. We, we've got oh, what another like seven seconds. So, do, do, do I just add lib, or, or shall I just go? Just, yeah, no. Just should, should, should go just, for it. just go uh, for it. Let's Push catch up with Kaylee Golding. <laughs> My five on Shoutout. Well, it's so lovely to see successful LGBTQ people, especially when it's in the media and they got their heads well above the parapet. And uh, one of those is Kaylee Golding. Kaylee, you're getting around, aren't you, on the media? Um, <laughs> Kiss. Um, MTV, uh, BBC West Midlands, Magic, um, and you're currently doing stuff for Kiss, aren't you? Yeah, I'm a busy bee at the moment, but I absolutely love it. So I've just started a show on Kiss Fresh, which is every Saturday and Sunday, one until four. I'm just so excited. Like, it's nice to be on mainstream national radio. It's exciting. It is, yeah. Now, take me back to when you were growing up when did you decide that you were gay and when did you decide that you would like a career in the media so in terms of my sexuality it took quite a while to understand who i was and what i was and i think it's kind of hard because i feel like everything gets put into set boxes like oh okay you're gay or okay you're bisexual or you're this or you're that so for me i was kind of like oh okay i'm a teenager i've had boyfriends but i think i like girls but i'm a little bit confused about who i am so i would say once i reached about 17 is when i really knew okay this is who i am this is what i want um which is really nice and in terms of getting into the media i started doing radio when i was like 14 years old i always knew that i wanted to work in music somehow some way and then when i was 14 i got to do some work experience in birmingham and i was just like oh my gosh i am in love <laughs> with radio this is the best thing ever and i've just never looked back ever since um, and you absolutely haven't have you um, how difficult's it been, if if at all, um, getting into media? Um, I would say it takes a lot of hard work and dedication. You have to do it because you love it. It's a lot of time spent like working for free, networking, creating content that maybe no one will even listen to or watch, but you just make it anyway because you enjoy it. Um, so I would say it's a lot of hard work but for me I feel like it's worth it and I generally enjoy doing it to me it feels like a hobby even though it's my job um, 
so I think if you're dedicated and you love it then you can do it I think so too it's, yeah very positive now um, growing up uh, black and also um, would you say you're you were gay or or bi or or even pan no I'm gay yeah I'm gay you're, you're gay okay did you find that difficult with with your family and and friends so it was completely fine for me like everything was completely fine um being mixed heritage so i live with my mom my dad isn't around but of course like i still have a lot of black family around me and everyone just wants me to be happy and i love that about my family everyone just wants everyone to live their best life and just feel good and i think any family or friends if they truly love you then your happiness will come before anything else so I've just had an absolute blast. I've just always been encouraged to to do whatever puts a smile on my face. And it certainly does, because uh, we met on Radio Academy, didn't we? Uh, yes. When you were interviewing me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tell me a bit about the TV bit that you've been doing. So you, you've done MTV, didn't you? And um, is it E4 that you're getting involved in? Yeah, so I've always been such a radio geek. I never really considered TV and then I applied for um, an E4, kind of like, they've done like a massive talent search with a production company called Fully Focus. And I was like, oh, I've never done TV before, but I've got lots of visual radio, so let me just shove it all together and let's hope that's a show real. So <laughs> I did that and applied for it. And I actually, I won it and I just could not believe it at all. So I'm working with E4 at the moment. We're working on loads of different things and it's just so nice to be part of the E4 Academy, which is brand new now. And it's kind of just like where they select their rising stars and develop them as presenters and work on new content with them. So that's what I'm doing at the moment. It was amazing working with MTV as well on LGBTQ plus History Month content. That was incredible because I got to learn a lot about history that I didn't know about my own community. So it was so nice to be able to do that and present that. And it was nice for them to show that they really care. Mm. Um, so I really enjoyed that as well. Um, you're also part of the BBC. Did you do West Midlands for very long? So I've been doing West Midlands for about six months. So I get to do a new music feature for them every single Tuesday where I select five tracks. It's called My Fresh Finds. And it's just nice. I love new music, so it's nice for me to just have that. Okay, Kaylee, you go and choose five tracks, enjoy it, and just tell everyone why they're great songs. So I really enjoy that too. Uh, now, tell me, what's next, Kaylee? The world? Oh, <laughs> the big question. It's so crazy at the moment, though, because it's the first time in my career that I'm very much just enjoying the ride. So I'm enjoying now developing with kids, developing with E4 and just enjoying creating content i think sometimes we could put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be like oh this is the end goal and i've been doing that for so so long and now i'm like do you know what kaylee just sit back enjoy and just make things that you enjoy and just love kaylee it's been an absolute gas chatting with you and what an inspiring figure you are for Thank the lgbtq you. community and good luck for the future Thank you so much for having me. You're absolutely incredible as well. If you have a story you could tell in five minutes, get in contact. Visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt.
shout out. LGBT Radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Oh, that's the first time I've heard that. That's a lovely track, that one. That's uh, Home Will Go by Steve Aoki and Walk Off the Earth. Very nice pick, that one, Steph. It's very yeah, good. Um, it's a remix as well, not the original. The, the original's a bit faster. Oh, um, right. I quite like that, though. Although I can I can also, in my head, imagine uh, various dance versions of that coming out, too. Yeah. It does kind of lend itself to that, doesn't it? So, really nice summary track. Uh, especially given the weather um, um, and the sun's out at the moment. That's kind of quite cool. Yeah. Do you just love it that a group can call themselves Walk Off the Earth? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, um, let's get the news headlines with Terry. <laughs> This is Shout Out News Headlines on Thursday, 24th of June, 2021. Glasgow has a long radical history. In the middle of the 20th century, it even elected several communist MPs who sat in the Commons and represented what was known as Red Clydeside. The anti-capitalist and anti-authority traditions are different today in that they are more anarchist rather than communist, but they still have a bite to them. A Jewish, queer-run cooperative cafe in the city called The Pink Peacock sells a variety of anti-authority badges and merchandise. They say that they welcome all sections of the community, excepting the police and TERFs, the latter, they say, being a type of fringe feminist that doesn't like trans or gay people very much. Last week, after a complaint that the cafe was displaying a bag with the slogan F the Police, after the famous black nationalist band NWA's 1988 hit single, the police confiscated the item. One of the cooperative cafe's members then rehung the bag, according to a report on the LGBTQ Nation newswire. This time, the rear side of the bag was displayed, with the words in Yiddish, Daloy Pilitzi. For a link to this cooperative cafe and its provocative range of liberation merchandise, visit our website and we'll pop up a link to its Facebook page. Investigations are continuing after a pickup truck was driven into a crowd at a Pride Parade celebration on Sunday evening in the town of Wilton Manors in Florida. Two people were injured and a further spectator killed in the incident. However, there is no immediate evidence that this was a deliberate act. The truck which drove into the crowd was itself bedecked in Pride memorabilia and a later post by the Ford Lauderdale Gay Men's Chorus issued a statement clarifying that the man who had driven the truck and was now in police custody was a member of the chorus group. Several spokespeople commenting in the press and on broadcast media emphasised that there was therefore no evidence yet to suspect that this was a premeditated attack on the LGBTQIA plus communities of Florida. The current issue of Metal Hammer magazine features Baby Metal, a Japanese, all-female, punk and metal band who are shaking things up on the international metal scene. Rob Holford, the gay lead singer of influential British metal pioneers Judas Priest, is a fan, and he reveals his take on the impact of Japanese metal, sometimes called kawaii metal, in an interview with the magazine. 
Transpride UK takes place on Saturday 26th of June. The march revives the long tradition of LGBTQ protest and will involve thousands of trans people and allies as they march through central London. Assemble at Wellington Arch, Apsley Way, ready to march at 2pm. A picnic is planned at 6pm in St James Park, again in the tradition of early prides in London. The atheist magazine The Free Thinker reveals this week that a supposedly ex-gay Christian man who had been involved for many years in the movement advocating religious conversion of LGBTQ people had taken his own life, whilst his wife has been taken into hospital suffering from a nervous breakdown. Barry Duke, writing for The Free Thinker, said that he was in tears even though he disagreed with the Christian path taken by 38-year-old Steve Austin. Mr Austin had revealed whom he thought had driven him to suicide in his last internet postings. He'd said, For the past three decades I've lived a lie, hoping to appease a group of people who only support you if you follow their rules and live up to their unfair expectations. Barry Duke summarised that after this latest of many tragic losses of lives of people involved in the ex-gay movement, it was, he said, imperative that we do all we can to destroy organisations like the Core Issues Trust. Core Issues is the last group of any size that offers conversion therapy in the UK. LGBTQ radio station Glitterbeam is having a relaunch for the start of its new service on Tyneside in the northeast of England. As a result, it has decided that it will no longer be carrying any syndicated programmes. Whilst we, of course, are disappointed that listeners to Glitterbeam will no longer be able to hear shout out, we do wish our fellow LGBTQ media project the very best for the future and hope that listeners will also continue to connect with us via our podcasts and via the many other stations that carry the programme. For these new stories in further detail and much, much more, you can check out our website at shoutoutradio.lgbt. For Shoutout News, this has been Hans Peregrine and Terry Starr. Shoutout News, national and international LGBT news for you. Shout out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. That's uh, Pompeii by Bastille. Uh, that, that's definitely a remix for that one. I mean, it's called the Cat Crazy uh, Radio Remix. Um, classic, Steph. Love your remixes. I really like remix tracks. It's kind of quite cool to hear different versions, isn't it? It is. Makes, it makes a nice change. Yeah. Yeah, so I can remember some famous ones that weren't so happy about it. I remember when Madonna did um, "Don't Cry for Me, Argentina" and the dance version was a bigger hit than the original, and um, yeah. it ran for ages. And then she actually pulled it from the charts, I think, didn't she? <laughs> I think I think the orig- original is Julie Coving uh, Julie Covington or something. I think. Oh, I'm quite Don't sure. Yeah, there were, there were loads of them. Yeah. yeah. So. Anyway. It's um, School Diversity Week this week, and um, those of you who remember Just Like Us had um, a piece that they did monthly on Shoutout, and Matthew caught up with them and to see what they're doing during this special week. Well, as many of you will be aware, Just Like Us is a familiar voice to Shoutout, and I'm really pleased to have Amy Ashenden from Just Like Us with me now. Amy, hello. Hi, thank you for having me. Now, for those people who are maybe listening to Shout Out for the first time and may not be 100% sure what Just Like Us is, 
Can you give us your elevator pitch? <laughs> I can try. <laughs> so Just Like Us is the LGBT plus young people's charity. And we work with schools right across the UK to make education more inclusive and to improve the lives of LGBT plus young people growing up in the UK, who we know are disproportionately struggling, struggling right now and have been having a really hard time in the pandemic. Uh, you mentioned the pandemic. I mean, we can't ignore it at all, can we? I mean, what's, what evidence have you got uh, of how it's affected LGBT plus young people? Yeah, so at the beginning of the pandemic, we were really concerned about how everything was going to be affecting LGBT plus young people, um, particularly because they might be more likely to be cut off from their support networks while they're in lockdown. They might be in lockdown with unaccepting families, um, for example. So we conducted some research independently um, with Sybil, um, who surveyed almost 3,000 young people right across the UK, as well as over 500 school staff as well. Um, and what we found is that on the whole, LGBT plus young people have been twice as likely to be struggling with their mental health and well-being in lockdown. So they've been twice as likely to be worrying about their mental health on a daily basis and also feeling lonely and worrying about their mental health on a daily basis in lockdown. Um, so it, the the research is really clear on that, you know, LGBT plus young people have disproportionately been struggling. They've also been far more likely to face daily tension at home. So that might be things like arguments with family, whether the family knows that they are LGBT plus or not, there might be a lot of tension and stress there um, around them not being accepted or not being aware of their identity. Um, so, yeah, it, it paints a really grim picture, actually, of, of what's happening for young people in the UK at the moment. Is that reflected in any of the conversations that your um, your, your members, your ambassadors or, or conversations coming through, through from schools? I appreciate that's been highlighted in your research. Were you getting a sense of that beforehand? I guess what I'm asking is what prompted you to, to do the research and to commission it? Yeah, so we were, you know, really concerned when the pandemic began about how this was all going to impact LGBT plus young people. Um, we have a lot of ambassadors, hundreds of young LGBT plus volunteers who we train to do school talks. Um, and ordinarily they'd be able to meet up in real life. We'd run the training in person and they'd be able to go into schools. And those school talks can be really, really energizing for them, you know, to be able to make positive change and bring representation they never had growing up. Um, we had to figure out a way to make all of our programs online so that we could still do the training online, still do the school talks online. Um, but we have heard from quite a lot of ambassadors saying, you know, even though they are young adults, they're not um, children like we surveyed. Um, they are still facing um, a lot of challenges. Um, you know, some have told us that they've had to go back home and live with families they've not lived with for several years who may not be that accepting or very comfortable with them being LGBT plus. Um, and I think that can be really, really tough, um, especially at a time when, you know, everyone's already struggling. Everyone's lives have already been turned upside down. But if you're facing, you know, even more challenges, uh, that's when it gets really tough. So how can Just Like Us help? So we believe that making education and schools more inclusive is the way to make long-term change. So our new research report called Growing Up LGBT+, which you can read on our websites on our homepage, just like us.org, um, we found that when there is strong positive messaging about being LGBT plus in schools, all pupils' mental health and well-being is better, whether the pupils are LGBT plus or not. So if a school has an LGBT plus inclusive culture so say you know they are telling people simply 
LGBT plus people exist in the world and that's okay. Um, all peoples are less likely to have contemplated suicide. So we're talking, you know, about a really positive impact that schools can have. Um, and we want to make sure that schools have the resources and support to do that. Um, we know that the pandemic has not just been stressful for LGBT plus young people. It's also been really tough for teachers and school staff. So the charity is doing everything it can to try and make sure that school staff have the resources and the support they need to make positive change, basically. Now, this week is School Diversity Week, so obviously there's an opportunity to, to draw attention to how you can work with, with schools and, and the support that you can you can offer them. I'm aware that uh, there's um, there's the you're encouraging uh, schools to set up pride groups, which is uh, which are student led groups. This clearly is support that's available all throughout the year. Do you want to just talk us through the, the different ways in which you can support schools to support LGBT plus children? Of course, yeah. So this week is School Diversity Week. It's our annual uh, national initiative right across the UK um, that primary schools, secondary schools and colleges can sign up to take part in. It's completely free. We provide a digital toolkit of resources. It's not too late to sign up and take part. Um, and we have, for the first time, resources for all the key stages. So it um, doesn't really matter which subject area you're teaching, uh, which key stage, we can help with resources. We've got things like videos, assemblies. We've got posters you can put up in your school. We've got lesson plans. Um, we have all sorts of stuff to help you, basically. Um, to celebrate the week um, and show pupils that it's okay to be LGBT+. Um, and then throughout the year, we also run secondary school talks with our ambassadors that are trained to come in and speak about what it's like to be LGBT+, and how pupils can be allies. Um, and then we also have a Pride Groups programme, um, which is currently just for secondary schools. And basically we help schools and pupils um, to set up a group for LGBT plus pupils and allies in their school. Um, and that programme is actually really about student voice and letting pupils have a role in uh, creating an inclusive culture in their school. Um, and we hear really positive feedback about the ways that pupils and teachers are working together to improve things for pupils. Um, it's also just about creating a safe place where you know young LGBT plus people can just go and talk about what they watched on TV last night <laughs> um, you know a place that they can relax and, and feel safe and know that it's okay to be themselves. How crucial is it that uh, a teacher wanting to set up a group like this or, or, or students setting up a group like this get support from the the senior leadership at the school what if you're in a school where that's not currently the culture is there a way that you're able to help schools in that respect? Yeah, that's a really good question. And that is a challenge that we sometimes do come across or that, you know, school staff do come across. We have a guide on um, working with SLT when you do face challenges um, because, there, you know, there sometimes are challenges in that way. Uh, we also found from our independent research that 40% of LGBT plus primary and secondary school staff are not out to their pupils. Um, and a third of them as well also said that their colleagues or their school board are a barrier to doing LGBT plus inclusive education in their school. So we know that there are challenges and we hear that from the schools that we work with and the staff that are doing amazing things, but sometimes do come up against um, challenges because this is something that is a work in progress for a lot of schools. You know, there's, there's no kind of blueprint for necessarily for how this, this has been done. You know, we are making positive change for the first time in lots of schools and that's really important. Um, and I think it's really, it's key that school staff know that 
you know, they don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to be LGBT plus. You do not have to be an expert whatsoever. It's just about being willing to help your pupils. I think it's a really important uh, point you make there about not, you don't have to be LGBT plus, you don't have to be an expert. We can't be an expert in everything. It's just having that proactive attitude, I guess. Yeah, definitely. I think just a willingness to um, want to help make positive change for your pupils. You know, we can see in the research they are really disproportionately struggling. Um, and I think the time is now really to, to make positive change and um, come and speak to us, you know, get in touch with Just Like Us. We can help you on that journey. And can you just confirm this is available to all schools? It doesn't matter whether you're in the, the independent or the state sector, whether you're a faith school or a, a academy chain. It does not matter at all. We work with primary schools, secondary schools and colleges right across the UK. You might be a faith school, you might be um, an academy, any any kind of um you know, type of school that you are, it does not matter. We will have resources for you. We will be able to support you. We've had thousands of um, primary schools, secondary schools and colleges sign up for School Diversity Week. It's not too late to take part. Um, please, we'd love to have you involved. And what about sharing best practice between schools? Yeah, so um, we often run webinars for school staff um, that are free to access. So um, do get in touch with us and we can let you know about webinars that we run, about taking whether it's, you know, your first steps to inclusion or, you know, further on in your journey with implementing this stuff. Um, we also have a Facebook group for educators who want to champion LGBT plus equality in schools. And um, so we have lots of different ways that, of sharing best practice um, and also like working together to um, find answers to any challenges you might be facing as well. Yeah, because we've all got that common aim, really, that common goal. I remember when I was teaching the, the school I was in, uh, something you said earlier re really resonated with me. I, I was not confident enough to come out to the pupils uh, that I was teaching, my, that my colleagues were aware. But I also took that decision that, well, that was kind of my personal life. And I wanted to, to segregate that from, from my professional life. And I, I was a bit unsure about the, the culture at the school. But when I visited the school a few years after leaving, I went back to to it uh, i was just completely amazed because they'd set up an lgbt uh, plus a student group there were members of more members of staff were out and i just thought this is a complete transformation and it had been driven by that ground up enthusiasm from the pupils it was really empowering and i'm just wondering if you were able to talk now directly to to a pupil in a school a student who is questioning is unsure of who to talk to and feels isolated because there's nothing visible going on in their school at the moment what would your message be so if you are an lgbt plus young person and you are struggling um, and you feel that you're you can't speak to anyone at school you're maybe not getting acceptance at home I would say really do reach out for um, support, well-being support, so you can contact Childline if you're under 19. Um, I think it's really important you do speak to someone. Um, but also see, you know, if there is a trusted teacher you could speak to at school and maybe mention just like us to them, you know, we can help with setting things up. You could mention that there's, you know, there's thousands of schools doing this stuff. Um, yeah, we, we would love to help. Um, we don't provide mental health services, so please do reach out to Childline or Switchboard, um, which can help you directly. So a member of staff, I mentioned earlier, I found it difficult being out at work when I was teaching. What advice do you give to teachers? Because there, you do have to make that professional distinction between your personal life and your professional life, don't you? 
Yes, definitely. And I think, you know, LGBT plus um, school staff, there shouldn't be pressure on them to come out. Um, and, you know, no one should be forced to come out at all. But equally, no one should be having to hide who they're married to, who their families are, or simply who they are in their jobs. You know, this is the UK in 2021. You shouldn't be worrying about, you know, being saying that you're LGBT plus or, you know, kind of incidentally um, making it clear that you are because you've mentioned who your partner is, for example. Um, so our independent research found that um, only 40% of LGBT primary and secondary staff are out to their pupils. And some people might say, oh, well, why does that matter? Well, you know, they should be able to be themselves in their jobs. They spend a lot of time with the young people that they're working with. Um, also, the research found that young people um, said that having visible LGBT plus students and staff in their school made a really positive difference to their everyday experience of school. Um, so you, you might also be helping LGBT plus pupils in the classroom as well. You can't say fairer than that. Uh, so if you want to find out more about Just Like Us, what's the website address? It's justlikeus.org. Um, you'll see on the homepage, there's a link to our report. There's also a link to School Diversity Week. You can find everything on there. Amy Ashenden from Just Like Us, thank you for talking to Shout Out. Shout Out. LGBT Radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Sassy Five. Oh, yes. Welcome to my Shout Out Radio Sasky Chats Pride special. I am so excited to introduce a phenomenal and new bestie, I will say, in the LGBTQ plus world. Please introduce Cheddar Gorgeous to the show. How are you, Cheddar? Oh, Sasky, I'm very good. How are you? <laughs> I'm really good. Look, started already. They've started already. Listen, thank you for taking some time out of your busy schedule uh, to come and chat to us. I'm really, really excited to hear about you. But listen, you've been described, or you describe yourself almost, as a, a unicorn, an alien, and a drag daddy, amongst other things. <laughs> <laughs> Are those, do you know those things on social media, they change so often, and I often forget whichever one's up, because I normally put them up as a little bit of a provocation, you know what I mean? So, and, and normally it's to, to kind of play with whatever ideas are going on for me at the moment, and sometimes it's just nice to kind of keep things fresh. So I'm not sure how I feel about the drag daddy thing although it is fair because I, I do have uh, a few drag kids and drag mum works for me and being a drag mother does work for me but sometimes I mean uh, my, my energy is a little bit more masculine but also a little bit more of a play between the masculine and the feminine so sure drag daddy works on many levels we'll take it we'll take it for today but listen tell us about uh, Cheddar Gorgeous you know how did they come to life what can people expect when they meet them like all the best things in life, it was accidentally, of course. And um, I, I always describe myself as sort of falling very, very accidentally into drag. I was a club photographer for a few years and um, just they asked me to start dressing up. Um, and I'd always loved to dress up at Halloween. Uh, and it just, it seemed to fit. And then it kind of spiraled and went out of control. Um, but it, it was, it happened at a peculiar time in my life where I was just finishing some um, really difficult research. And so, it was fortuitous in that way because I was really struggling with confidence and being able to get out and about and feeling comfortable. So it started as a way for me to push myself outside um, and then just became this really exciting way to find a new voice. Love that. I mean, that's it. It's all about self-expression as well, isn't it? I know how important 
that is to you. Um, and we see those in your, in your glamorous posts on Instagram and Pinterest and anywhere we can find you. But what, what inspires you when you are putting together those, those fashion style icon posts? Well, I think you see, it's funny you say self-expression because it absolutely is. But what are we doing when we express ourselves? And when we express ourselves visually, we're making ourselves visible. And I think that's incredibly important for queer people. We've learned that over a long period of time. And I think lots of lots of drag artists do that. And that they'll draw upon images of their favourite icons, of the people whom they admire most. And for a lot of people, that's the big pop icons, you know, the Beyonce's and the Lady Gaga's and the Madonna's. And so that's why I think you see those sort of resonances in drag and kind of the the worshipping of the divine female so much. For me, when I was growing up, the people who I looked at as powerful, because I was a real geek, so I, I looked upon the people um, in science fiction, the monsters, the aliens, the creatures, the gods and the goddesses, and those are the people who I saw as being these powerful people who had the, the ability to change their universes, literally. And so I think for me, my drag is most inspired by that energy. It's really about allowing me to find my power. And so to do that, I dress up as a, an alien god. <laughs> Why settle for a diva when you can be an alien goddess? That's what I say. I want to be an alien goddess too. Right, that's it. I'm joining you the form. You can. No limitations. <laughs> well, let, let's just talk about that. Like Taking that from, I, I guess, into the reality of our world from the LGBTQ plus community. And, and let's just talk pronouns for a minute because I know you identify as non-binary and typically for non-binary people, they will say that their pronouns may be they, them. Obviously, it can change for each individual. But you you like to play on your, your pronouns, don't you? you? You tend to sort of use different ones depending on yeah. how you feel. Tell us about that. There's a couple of reasons why I'm quite playful. And first of all, also why, whilst I'm happy being described as non-binary and I describe the things that I do in my life as non-binary and I have a very non-binary life, um, you know, sometimes I will be... Uh, sometimes I will use uh, she pronouns, sometimes I will use he, sometimes I will use they, them. Um, but I think I like to evade the idea of identifying because I think there's something really powerful whilst I really am there to support any of our brothers, sisters and others who have that desire to assert their pronoun or assert a particular identity strategically or because they feel it is their authentic expression of self. Um, and if they need to do that as a means of surviving the world, I am all for it. But I think there is also something to be gained. And I say also, not instead of, there is also something to be gained by actually questioning that process of identification and where it comes from. So I'm also really, really for myself, what feels more natural is to be a little bit more provocative and a little bit more ambiguous and so I describe myself as as being a non-binary person but not identifying as non-binary in terms of it being a distinct gender category and so that's one of the reasons why I'll happily make use of all or no pronouns but the other one and I think probably the one that's a little bit more important and relevant for people's lives is that you getting my pronoun right doesn't necessarily mean that you are delivering respect, doesn't necessarily mean that you are looking upon me kindly, and it certainly doesn't necessarily mean that changes in society are being made to make um, the lives of trans and gender non-conforming people easier. Yeah, no, absolutely couldn't agree more, couldn't agree more. But listen, what I want to ask you about, Cheddar, is Pride, because it is Pride Month, 
Uh, we are celebrating and I hope you've had a fabulous Pride so far. But what does Pride mean to you? The ultimate question we're always asking in our community. So tell me from your perspective, what does it mean to you? Well, do you know, when, I feel like it's a loaded question when people ask that question because I almost feel like we're meant to roll out uh, a list of very worthy things, which is absolutely, tr- it's all absolutely true. And there are lots of things why we still need pride to be an incredibly politically active force uh, in our cities and in our communities and in our lives um, in order to keep on uplifting people who are within our communities and also stretched across and connected to us across the world and who are still in positions of struggle. But I think that in that people often raise that idea against the the kind of what what pride also is which is this huge big celebration um and i think we need both because actually my celebration my being happy for being able to love who i like or have sex with whom i choose uh, who they when they're a consenting adult of the same gender or a kind of a gender diverse person um Uh, That in itself, the fact that I can have joy, experience pleasure, feel celebration, that is a political act in and of itself. Because previously, it is something through which me uh, and people of, of previous generations were made to feel shame about, were made to feel like we had to hide it away. And so the very fact that we can stand on top of a float and have a big celebration and and take like all of our kit off and dance around in, in extravagant underwear, that in itself is an incredibly important political act. Um, I just think it is also important to balance that out with the need to make sure that those in our community who don't necessarily feel that free to experience express who they are and to live their lives fully that we help them to come up on top of the float with us right and so I think that's the rebalancing it's about getting that that right balance between uh, being able to celebrate and feel amazing um, about who we are but also recognize that we have with with great party comes great responsibility as spider-man once said I love that. I love that line. I know, and absolutely true, isn't it? It is about balance, but obviously never forgetting where we come from and why we still need to continue striving forward. Um, we're running out of time, unfortunately. I told you, the short, listen, I could chat to you all day, but tell us what's up and coming for Cheddar Gorgeous next. Anything in the pipeline? Well, I've been doing a little bit of I've been doing a little bit of like cabaret star singing. So I've got a few more of those shows. I'll obviously I'll be at Manchester Pride, so I'm going to be hosting the main stage on Sunday at Manchester Pride. So cannot wait for that to happen. Um, and then yeah, I've got an exhibition opening um, at Salford Art Collection um, in hopefully next month, which is a ghost story about a lady called Madame Mort from Little Holton. Um, and I've got another exhibition open up at the Hatworks Museum um, about some exciting hats to do with essential workers. So I've got plenty, plenty going on with, you know what I mean, Susky? Always, always. Listen, lastly, where can people find you? Because I know they'll be listening and desperate to follow you and your amazing journey what's happening where can they find why you? what do they want what do they, i didn't do it i swear um, <laughs> uh, they can probably they're probably best place finding me on instagram um I, i'm thinking of starting one of those patreons soon to be able to do a little bit more deep dive on my arts work stuff um but i think Instagram's a good bet twitter if you want to hear me moan about things um and get you know a little bit uh, righteously aggressive um on queer stuff then please do follow me on twitter cheddar underscore gorgeous um 
but yeah, I'm, I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere, Sasuke. That's what we want. We want you everywhere, Chen. Open up the window and shout out and I shall appear. Listen, thank you so much for chatting to us at Shout Out Radio. We always, always love hearing from you and just find that everything that you're about is just amazing. So um, you're an inspiration, I think, to the community, not even in just your, your clothes, your appearance, but your words, you know, all round inspiration. So thank you so much. And yeah, thank you and happy pride. For more information about Shoutout Radio, visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Shoutout. LGBT Radio for you. The Shoutout Podcast. Uh, love is getting stronger. Um, uh, Jason Well, a bit of a different one from uh, the other two tracks you put there, Steph. Well, it was because it was two minutes long and you can only find uh, tracks that short in the 50s and the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. There are <laughs> I know that. Bit, yeah, there are a few later than that, mm. but uh, a, a lot of Motown is sort of two and two, two and a half, maybe up to three minutes. So, yeah, yeah they did make them quite short back then. Yeah. yeah. But then they went really long, didn't they? Because that was then when we had the whole like radio edit, wasn't it? Uh, well, no, that's you got eighty in the eighties. They went twelve inch, and you had lots of twelve inch singles. In the seventies, it was about three and a half, three and a half, three minutes fifty maximum, because it's the maximum amount of, tra- of to the grooves you can get on a seven inch vinyl. Well, I thought it also had something to do with the amount of time it, it took up on air. Partly, hence the, yeah. Hence the phrase radio edit. Uh, yeah, there were there were bits there were bits of that with the air t- the uh, needle time regulations and also with other bits and pieces. Uh, radio edits yeah. also often cut out naughty words that shouldn't be said on radio. Anyway, your, your source of useless facts. Welcome to shout out. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> true. So, so it's lovely pieces in tonight's show. Lovely to have Cheddar Gorgeous there. So, um, and, and uh, apologies, yeah. I forgot to mention Hans was doing the news uh, this week. Um, I'm, I'm used to Hans doing. Um, our uh, um, uh, history series. Um, it was lovely to hear we're doing the news. It was, yeah. Um, mm. it's a, a nice, um, nice change can, I just, can I just mention, we got some news come through via the uh, news wires that uh, the hungry PM scraps a Euros visit. And that's because um, the German LGBTQ community is up in arms because they were going to light up the football um, stadium at, um, at Munich. And um, the football, uh, uh, is it the FA, the, the UEFA? They UEFA, UEFA that, they, yeah. that they should not do it. But no, it, it seems no, that buildings it around it... Yeah, they said they wouldn't do it at that time the, because of the political thing, but yep, they'd do it at a different exactly. time. But, yeah, but the buildings right, the around it have yeah. all been... Uh, and so he's so not going to turn he's up at the football match. I shall smile. <laughs> I so won't, won't get involved in politics either, no. but yeah, that's, um, Pe- no, I think that's really often, good. Well, people often do things that make themselves look in rather bad light when things like that happen shall we say well the, yes. he's very uh, he's very anti-LGBTQ as is the uh, the yes. Polish government at the moment and both countries are being censored by the European Union so yeah. yeah yeah well we have this every single time we have Eurovision as well don't we that's all these kind of things well it's usually Russia that's the most aggressively like we're going to cut that out and because um, I remember when Conchita Verse was um, uh, 
um, on it. Oh, hell let loose in Russia over it, didn't it? It was just uh, interesting. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> yeah. In fact, were they going to try and get her to come and sing the German national anthem or something as part of the, the football as another way of <laughs> trying try, try, try to get the guy to not come or, or just to annoy him? Yeah. I don't know what the intention was. I mean, I think it was just make a statement, wasn't it, and say, no, I, look. It is. Uh, it's, it's a protest from, from hmm. the, the German government and um, politicians uh, around Munich hmm. and, and be, well, it's, it's actually gone out further than Munich now, but um, I believe oh, good for them. I believe he's giving a different reason as to why he's not coming. I don't think he said it. Well, of course he that. is. <laughs> but that, that's what they do, isn't it? You know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but uh, at least it, it sends a clear message that the people of Europe are standing united behind our community. So I think it's it's yeah. nice to, nice yeah. to see that happening. Yeah, very nice. It is, Andy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, um, you can tell Steph wrote this bit. I'm sure we time warp when we're doing the show. Did I say that? Do you want to do a take two on that one? Yep, it yeah, certainly goes quick. <laughs> uh, next week's Square um, all will be revealed. Past shows can be found at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Join us next week, same channels, same times. Um, from myself, from Andy, from Steph, from Hans, from Terry and from Matthew and all the rest of the team that aren't here. Say bye-bye, everyone. Bye! Shout out. LGBT Radio for you.